Welcome to the Mark Narrations podcast, where we cover a whole wide range of Reddit-based stories. If you're new here, please consider subscribing to this podcast. And with that being said, let's get straight into today's episode. Much love, guys. What is up, guys? I do hope you're well. My name is Mark, and today we're covering some more r slash am I the butthole. If you're new here, please consider hitting that like, that subscribe, and maybe that notification bell too, as it all really, really does help out our channel. And don't forget, we're now on podcast two, so you can take me with you and listen to me wherever you go. And if you choose to do so, you can support the channel either on Patreon, where we have different tiers and different levels where you'll get different perks, or YouTube membership, where you can click the join button below. All these links are in the description, so please take a look if you want to. We've already released a couple of members videos, so, you know, get involved. <laughs> And a huge thank you to the current members of our channel. We had two new people yesterday, again. Amazing. From the YouTube membership, we've got Ellie Horton and we've got Macadamia L. Thank you so, so much for joining us. You were truly appreciated from the bottom of my heart. And with that being said, let's get on with today's stories. Much love, guys. Our first story comes from Adventure Man 5000 Am I the arsehole for not going to wedding after agreeing to be best man? Last year, my childhood friend, 28 male, asked me, 28 male, to be the best man at his wedding, and I happily agreed. I think the process brought us closer together as we talked weekly for the next few months, playing logistics and the bachelor party. I worked hard on the bachelor party, which was a faraway vacation. I spent months planning and lots of money. I found time in everyone's schedules and booked an amazing vacation. It was a blast. I was his only childhood friend at the bachelor party and everyone else was from his college frat. It was therefore like a typical college party setting. I did my best to learn all the drinking games they already knew how to play and I thought we had a great time. I guess I was out of my element however because my friend later told me that he felt like he bonded with his other friends better that weekend and how he wants one of them to be the best man instead. So I calmly told him that's fine and that I won't be coming to the wedding because I feel like my efforts as a pre-best man were underappreciated and I feel uncomfortable traveling to spend the days with people who make me feel that way. He got upset and his fiance told me I should grow up and be a good friend. I told him that we're all grown ups and we have no obligation to each other, just that we're childhood friends. Friend and his fiance called me an arsehole, so am I the arsehole? What? I got to say no straight away on that one. I mean, how can you be the arsehole? He let you go through all that, planning his bachelor party and sorting it all out to then transfer the best man. You can't do that, surely. I know it's his wedding, but that's just not right. Let's have a look at the comments, shall we? Bruh1234 says, Not the arsehole. You don't ask someone to be your best man and then demote them, especially not to pick someone who is just a spur-of-the-moment best friend versus a lifelong best friend. Navali4 says, Yep, this comment 100% clearly does not value your almost lifelong friendship as much as you do. Sounds like you don't need arseholes like that in your life. You're definitely not the arsehole. Reddit user CW says, I feel like this is r slash entitled people or r slash choosing beggars because that's what it seems like. You're in the right in my opinion. It's like hiring someone getting a month's work out of them and then firing them without paying them. OP if you ever do manage to see this, I'm not sure if the wedding's already done, but print off this with the comments and give it to them as a wedding gift. <laughs> What do you guys think about this story? Let me know in the comments below and don't forget to vote on the poll in the description for story one. Our next story is from a throwaway account. Am I the arsehole for telling my niece to stay in the closet until she gets her inheritance? 
My 42 male niece, 17 female, recently confided in me that she is a lesbian. I supported her, let her know I'd be there, etc. Usual ally stuff. However, she told me she was going to come out to the whole world this week. I let her know she should absolutely wait for her grandparents, my parents, to pass. My father is incredibly wealthy, that's tens of millions of dollars in assets that he will be passing down once he's gone. My father is a raging homophobe who has flat out stated any gay individual in our family would be written out of the will. And to make sure the rest of us don't split more money with said gay relative, they will instead have that portion of the inheritance put aside for that family member donated to charitable causes. That money will be erased from the inheritance. Since both my father and mother are incredibly poor health, stage four cancer and debilitating dementia respectively, I told my niece she should stay in the closet for a while longer. If she comes out as a lesbian and they find out, she will quite literally lose out on $7 million. Holy shit. She was a little sad, but also appreciative, since this is obviously a life-changing amount of money that will allow her to live luxuriously until she dies. My wife, however, said that I'm being an arsehole. I am telling this poor girl to hide who she is, just to appease old bigots. That is true. I am asking her to appease old bigots, but I feel like her life quality will be much better with $7 million at the cost of one to two years in the closet at Tops. I've also seen my father's will and know who is getting what, so my niece is definitely going to receive $7 million, as long as my father doesn't rewrite or edit his will. Am I the arsehole for telling my niece to stay in the closet so she can be a millionaire? Small update, my wife apologised for getting snippy with me and she now agrees to hide it for a year or two. She is a powerful advocate of LGBTQ, right, so she had an angry knee-jerk reaction to my dad's bigotry. Now, from my standpoint, I, it's, I'm incredibly torn on this one, you know, but, and I'm probably going to say this, and I don't mean to sound ignorant in any way, but like, I think if I was coming out as gay or anything like that, I think I'd be able to hide to become, to become a millionaire. I don't know, though, because obviously I've never had those feelings, so it's incredibly hard for me to say so, and I don't know how you'd feel about holding those back in. But become a millionaire and live a life of luxury, and it's almost like some petty revenge on the, the bigotry too, you know. <laughs> But let's go to the comments and find out. Tom Payne 37 says, Oh God, I'm torn. This is honestly an excellent case for an ethics class. My gut instinct is to say that you should never encourage someone to stay in the closet longer than they want to. But yeesh, that's a life-changing amount of money. Not an arsehole, besides your parents for being raging homophobes. I need Jesus Christ. For ethical reasons, think of it this way. She stays in the closet for the next couple of years, inherits the money of a homophobe, then once she has the inheritance, can have a nice gay life, not have to worry about her homophobic grandparents bothering her for who she loves. Scrub Timeless Lime says, This is the way I see it. While it's unpleasant that the only way is to conceal her true self, it will provide her a beyond sturdy foundation for the rest of her entire life and allow her to live a quality life of her choosing. Susie Cusy one says, she could also, once she inherits, donate to worthy charities to help troubled LGBTQ teens, young adults. And that's a great idea. And it's just rubbing it into that bigotry just that little bit more as well, you know? <laughs> and what do you guys think of this story? Let me know in the comments below and don't forget to vote on the poll in the description for story two. Our next story comes from another throwaway account. Am I the arsehole for banning my sister from bringing her fetish into my house? Not really a topic I can ask about in real life, so I thought I'd try this sub. Due to the reasons that aren't relevant, my sister, 27 female, and her boyfriend, 30-ish male, lost their house. I live alone in a pretty big place with an extra bedroom, so I let them move in. 
They've been okay. My sister is looking for a job and the boyfriend is working, so he's usually gone. I'm working from home right now. Anyway, on the day they moved in, I saw them bringing in a swing, a clear tub of bondage gear and toys and more. I asked my sister if they could leave that crap in the storage unit, but she told me she'd be discreet. Later that week, she apparently took some of my tools and I heard a whirring. <laughs> I walked on to see her going to town on my drywall, trying to mount the swing. It was already crumbling off, as common sense would tell you, and I started chewing her out. Wrong term of phrase. I told her I didn't give her permission to do that, and that she had no right to take my tools and destroy my drywall. She seemed to understand and said that she'd help me fix it. Well, fast forward to last night, I was up late with insomnia, and I was just sitting in the kitchen eating and scrolling my phone. My sister's boyfriend came stumbling into the kitchen with his back all torn up and dripping blood. He took some paper towels and started wiping it off. I cleared my throat and he freaked out, while telling me over and over that it was consensual flogging and their kink. I was super grossed out and so I took my chips to my own room without engaging in conversation. In the morning, I text my sister to tell her all this kink shit has to end. They can do whatever in their own time, but when it's in my house slash disturbs my life, no. It's showing a red receipt, but I haven't seen my sister today and she hasn't responded. Am I the asshole? Let's go into the comments with this one with Rowan saying, Not the arsehole, at first I was going to call you out for kink shaming, but that's not the actual issue. Between her damaging your drywall and walking around your house bruised and blooded, they're disrupting your lifestyle. Dermanovic says, Hijacking the top comment to say that sister is actually violating some pretty standard expectations for kink. Every single person who is exposed to a kink must consent. If you get off on public humiliation, it's unethical to do it anywhere except a sex club where all parties have consented to witness. If you're getting off on wetting your pants, you better be damn sure you're your own pants. While cleaning up after consensual flogging is not technically part of the kink, it's still shitty to expose somebody else to it, the same way it's shitty to walk out of your bedroom naked and wear any used condom after sex. You're not technically having sex in front of them, but it's an obvious boundary violation. A bunch of toys and poor understanding of home repair does not a competent kinkster make. Amateurs. <laughs> I love that we just get a pro randomly come in there. <laughs> wow. Let's get some Lenny faces in the chat and let me know what you guys think about this story. And don't forget to vote on the poll in the description for story three. Our next story comes from Huckleberry Resident. Am I the arsehole for calling animal control and having my sister's dog taken away? Hello all, I, 22 female, am super allergic to dogs, like oatmeal bars and peeling skin days later allergic. My sister, 24 female, knows this and yet constantly asks me to dog sit a little Cujo. A four-ish year old border collie, I always, always say no. Well today she asks, I say no and think it's the end of it. Nope. One hour later, I hear my front door open, close, and a car drive off. I go to see what's happening, and there's Cujo completely tearing apart my mudroom. So he's essentially contained in this room where you're meant to take off your coats, shoes, umbrellas, blah blah, before you get into the house. The first door doesn't have a lock, it's kind of like a screen, and the second door that leads into my house does. She leaves him in between these two. I immediately call my sister who says she'd need to leave him with me for a week and that I can just put him in the backyard and feed him once a day. She didn't leave any food. I tell her that she has 30 minutes to come back and get the dog or I'm calling animal control. She says she's on her way out of town on a freaking bus and can't make it. I just hang up. 30 minutes later, no sister, I call animal control and they take Cujo away. He has wrecked my entire mudroom, probably 5 pairs of shoes and a couple of jackets and an antique bench thing. 
My sister calls three hours later to ask about Dog, who obviously is no longer there. I tell her as much, and that she'll be paying me back for the damages as well. She screams at me for a second before realising that she needs to go get Cujo, and hangs up to try and get someone else to pick him up. The shelter has a 48 hour policy, so he could be adopted if someone doesn't pick him up soon. She refuses to pay me back and I'm honestly thinking about cutting her off entirely. Am I the arsehole? Edit, for everyone saying I should have called friends slash posted on Craigslist etc, you're probably right, but I didn't have the time slash state of mind to do so. I couldn't move him to the yard or drive him somewhere without risking severely swollen eyes and tongue and eventually full body hives. Furthermore, he had wrecked the entrance to my home and I've seen dogs chew slash claw up floors, doors, walls, which would be a much more costly repair. I absolutely wish I looked up, specifically no-kill shelters though. As far as I know, he hasn't been picked up yet, but our shelter was emptied out due to all the COVID adopters, so I assume he'd be fine. I'll try to remember to update. And Sightly Fuzz says, Not the arsehole and what entitlement. After you say no repeatedly, she dumps the dog on you for a week. She's not going to reimburse you for damages. Go ahead and cut her off. She's such an asshole. Mandaloo replies, And didn't leave any food. Crazy entitlement. Not the arsehole. Emmy Wee says, Lack of food, poorly trained, she should not own a pet, especially a dog as smart as a baller collie, number one smartest breed of all dog breeds. They need stimulation and training, not just thrown in the yard and fed by someone deathly allergic. What an arsehole. Remlandover replies, the dog going around tearing at the room also knows that they were either extremely poorly trained or extremely stressed out or maybe even both. No matter what it was, this post is just yikes on so many levels. Jonathan One says, You fucking know when someone names their dog Cujo, it's going to be a horribly trained pain in the ass, and that they are not equipped to handle. It's usually a border collie, husky, pit bull, or German shepherd. I don't know if I was saying that name right for the whole thing. Is it Cujo? Cujo? I don't freaking know. <laughs> or Sujo? I don't know. Let me know in the comments below, and let me know what you think of this story too. And don't forget to vote on the poll in the description for story four. Our next story comes from a throwaway account. Would I be the arsehole if I didn't give a stray cat back to a potential owner? I honestly might be the arsehole, but I am so hesitant to put a cat back into a home that's not loving. Some background, my husband and I are temporarily living with good friends because we're in the transition of moving halfway across the US. We own two cats who are staying with another friend because our housemates have a dog and a cat that has to be kept separate since they don't get along. About three weeks ago, my friend and I heard a cat yelling from outside our screened porch. We had first thought it was hurt, so we caught him in a kennel and were going to take him to a vet. But it became apparent that he's in heat, or the male equivalent. We took photo of him and spread it around Facebook and contacted a local pound and rescue and both of them also posted a picture of the cat. On Saturday, June 14th, I saw a lady had posted on a post where my phone number was listed saying she thought he was her cat. I hadn't been on Facebook for four days and she posted two days before. She didn't message or call me so I messaged her and she didn't get back to me until today, June 16th. The cat is all black and so he doesn't have easy identifiable markings. She did correctly say he is unneutered and he is about a year, verified by my vet, but I have mentioned he was unneutered in one of my public Facebook posts. Our city only requires us to post a lost pet for five days before we can adopt out the pet. Due to the current pets in the house, we're currently housing him outside in the covered porch, which wouldn't work long term. After the five days we took him to the vet, spent $350 on shots and scheduled a neuter and found him a good home with some friends. Here's where I am hesitating. I have two cats who I love to death and if they are missing, I will be tearing my city apart to find them. This lady doesn't even contact me first and then doesn't get back to me for two days. 
She said he has been missing since April, but didn't even seem that motivated to find him. I've paid money that I didn't really have to make sure he was healthy and found him a good home. I'm not even sure if it's the right cat. She said he has a tiny bit of white on his chest, which I don't remember. I've texted my friend, but it's 2am her time, so I'm not expecting a response until the morning. Would I be the arse if I told her it wasn't the right cat, even if he does fit her description? Webby Vanderquack says, You're the arsehole, sorry, I know it's a tough one, but you can't just keep someone else's cat because they don't seem that motivated to find him. You don't know what circumstances may have prevented her from contacting you for two days. Wallow Fancy says, The cat was unneutered, unchipped, and with no collar though. All this together raised eyebrows to the type of care the cat was receiving. Devil Girl from Mars says, I mean, my cats aren't chipped and don't have collars, but they're incredibly loved and spoiled. I don't really think that's a great indicator of the type of care they receive. Santa hates you, Oh, replies. Santa says you're the arsehole. The cat's most likely hers if she's this insistent. You can ask her for the money you spent back, but give her the cat back if it has the tiny white fur patch. I think this is an incredibly tough one because no one wants to give a pet back, which could be a potentially bad situation. But as one of the posters said, you don't know what their life might be like. Lots of people don't have their cats neutered or they don't have collars on them. You know, I don't think it's a true indicator either that a pet is being treated badly. And we also don't know this other person's life circumstances. So, you know, but I can also totally get where OP would be in this one, that they're, they're very concerned. So I'm going to say on this one, so I think it's the first time I've said it. No one's the asshole. <laughs> Let me know what you guys think in the comments below. And don't forget to vote for story five on the poll in the description. Anyway, guys, thank you for being here today. Your time, the time out of your day is truly, truly appreciated. And a huge thank you to the members of our channel. As always, from the bottom of my heart, you make my day every day. At the moment, we're getting members and it's just blowing me away. Absolutely incredible. If you have any more time, there's another story on your screen right now. Watch it. It really helps out our channel again. And just thank you. And I'll see you in the next one. Much love, guys.